welcome to the DMA Politics Podcast. This is episode three. We'll be going through the latest uh, Brexit-related news uh, with my colleague Michael Sturrock. Hello. And uh, myself, Zach Thornton. We're both members of the External Affairs team here at the DMA. Recently, the biggest news, Theresa May has lost her Brexit vote by an historic 230 votes, rebelling against her with 122 MPs um, from her own party. So she suffered a uh, catastrophic loss. I think it is actually the biggest defeat of a government in our parliament's history. Apparently, the last comparable defeat of, of this scale was in the 1920s, and that was of a, a Labour government and the uh, then leader, Ramsay MacDonald. But the fact the government had been defeated has thrown the country into disarray. There's now a mounting risk of a no-deal Brexit. Parliament knows what it doesn't want, and it voted down Theresa May's deal on this basis. There was a whole array of different parties voting against the deal, as well as a sizable amount of MPs from within her own party. But the problem is, Parliament doesn't know what it actually wants. So there are many different factions advocating a different course of action now, but there's no one option that commands an overall majority within the House of Commons, and that's the, the tricky bit. Yeah, that's right. And Theresa May did say in her speech straight after the vote that she now understands what Parliament doesn't want, and immediately after that, Jeremy Corbyn tabled a motion of no confidence in the government, uh, which sought to overthrow them. But most people in the Conservative Party, despite not wanting Theresa May's deal, still didn't want uh, a Labour government on top of that. So now we're kind of stuck in this limbo where they do want the Conservative, or the Parliament for now does want the Conservative government in place, but it does not want its deal. So uh, there's going to be a lot of tweaking and negotiating going forward to try and get some kind of deal backed that might go through the Commons. That's right. And it's important to note as well that that no-confidence vote that Jeremy Corbyn tabled isn't the only one that will happen. Jeremy Corbyn intends, I think, to mount a series of rolling no-confidence votes, uh, the intention, obviously, to disrupt the government and hopefully win that. And therefore, a general election would take place, obviously, with Labour hoping to win that general election. So there's going to be a lot of disruption to the parliamentary calendar in the the coming weeks. In uh, Margaret Thatcher's first government, they... When she was in opposition, she tabled seven motions of no confidence before they brought down the Labour government in before them. So you can expect similar levels of or similar similar amounts of attempts from the Labour benches. So at the moment, the UK hasn't managed to secure a deal. There is not a majority within Parliament that supports the Prime Minister or any other deal for that matter. So at the moment, come the 29th of March, the UK will leave the EU without a deal. Many still think it's unlikely this would happen because one thing there is a majority in Parliament for is that MPs do not want a no-deal Brexit. So recently there was a letter signed by 220 MPs saying they would do whatever was within their power to prevent a no-deal Brexit. So that wasn't an endorsement of Theresa May's Brexit deal, it was that they would do what they could within Parliament to ensure a no-deal didn't happen. However, the risk is real, so businesses have to plan on that basis and make sure they have contingency plans in place in the event of a no-deal Brexit. The DMA has been working with uh, government departments to ensure that we are aligned with each other and understand what the risks are and what marketers need to do in the event of a no-deal Brexit. And the major risk for marketers is that barriers will be thrown up to the exchange of data between the EU and the UK. The UK has said that if a no-deal Brexit happens, the UK will still allow personal data to be sent from the UK to the EU. So from that perspective, it's, it's okay. But on the other side, the EU has not reciprocated, so you'd have to seek another legal mechanism to ensure that you could send data from the EU and into the UK. As a member of the EU at the moment, we're able to send that data freely 
with no problems whatsoever. But once we're outside of the European Union and considered what they call a third country, we would need to rely on another legal basis. For most in the marketing industry, they're going to be relying on something called standard contractual clauses. And this is from a um, EU Commission judgment. And if an EU-based entity is sending data outside of the EU to a third country, uh, that company needs to rely on what they call standard contractual clauses. It means whoever the data is being sent to will adhere to a certain standard of data protection and therefore the rights and freedoms of European citizens are safe because their data will be treated well and then ad adhere to data protection standards on a par with the EU. This poses an administrative burden for companies as they would have to look at their old contracts and look to work standard contractual clauses in. If you're a larger company, it's perhaps easier if you have in-house legal services, you're able to do this with relative ease, um, although it still poses a, um, a cost to you. Uh, for smaller companies, say for example, if you're a small e-commerce provider, you know, a small team of five people, you don't have those legal expertise and then therefore you may find this harder to do. So the level of, uh, the level of risk and potential damage probably falls disproportionately on SME companies from a no-deal Brexit, the larger ones probably easier to weather the storm, so to speak. So that's the kind of thing that you need to be thinking about in the case of a no-deal. There's lots more information and uh, helpful guides for preparation on the DMA website. You should also feel free to email the external affairs and compliance teams and we can help you with any questions that you might have. But that's just one potential outcome and there are a number of other ways that this whole Brexit debacle could go. So one of the options going forward is for Theresa May to reach out, as she said she was going to do, to the other parties in order to try and reach some kind of compromise with them. She has had meetings in the last few days with the Liberal Democrats, the SNP, the Green Party, the DUP and... Uh, that's it, isn't it? Um, and Plaid Cymru, I forgot about them, the Welsh Nationalist Party. And uh, she's trying to reach across the aisle to try and see what kind of things that they all want in the Brexit deal going forward. And then she would hope to take that to the EU and say, look, uh, we've got something that we have actually agreed across Parliament. Can you do this for us? However, a key, key player in this is, of course, the Labour Party. At the moment, they're telling Theresa May that they will not engage in talks unless she rules out no deal as an option. And this is echoed by other parties, but they haven't quite taken the, the step of not engaging with the Prime Minister, although they say going forward, if she won't rule out no deal, then there's not much else they can do. This is obviously quite tricky for the Prime Minister, having just suffered that defeat in Parliament with 122 of her own MPs rebelling against her. Many of those are Brexiteers, and they would actually show preference for a no deal Brexit, where the UK leaves and then trades on World Trade Organisation terms. So. She is hamstrung in that sense. It, Jeremy Corbyn's assistance that she must rule out a no-deal Brexit puts her in a very difficult position within her own party. Absolutely. Um, so it's very hard for Theresa May to actually agree to this. And based on those two positions, it seems unlikely that the Labour and Conservative Party will be able to compromise with each other, which yeah. I think is probably one of the biggest challenges Brexit has had since the start. Absolutely. There's a total lack of consensus within the Parliament about what to do next. Yeah, Whenever, if she picks one plan of action then she's guaranteed to lose those who are sitting on the other side, whether that be the Tory party or the opposition who are vital to get the, get the bill passed. And she's in the, I think also in the back of her mind is that of course she'll be facing future no-confidence votes. Mm. That Some of those MPs, Dominic Grieve and others who are very staunch Remainers, Sarah Wollaston's another one, um, they, as we get closer to no deal being a realistic um, proposition, 
they made a sign to side with Labour mm-hmm. in one of those no confidence votes in order to prevent a no deal Brexit, which they may calculate to be a greater risk uh, for them Absolutely. than um, a Labour government under Corbyn. Yeah, three, at least three of them have already said they will quit the party in face of no deal being government policy or the most likely option and cross the floor to vote with Labour to do whatever to stop that. And the other potential option could be a movement towards a second referendum, which is being talked about more and more today. Um, this would need to be adopted by the Labour Party as an official position, and it would also need some Conservative MPs to cross the aisle and resign the whip and resign from the party to vote with them in order to pass it. Yesterday, or the day before, there was a new campaign from the Conservative Party called, or from MPs within the Conservative Party called Right to Vote, which is a group of Conservative MPs who support the idea of a second referendum. And Theresa May won the confidence vote the other day by 19 votes, so she would need to lose 10 votes on her side in order to flip the the vote. And there are currently nine MPs signed up to the right to the vote scheme. So if they get one more and Labour Party adopt it as a policy, it's quite, well, it's at least possible that that could now become a real option. Yeah, yeah, indeed. I think that Jeremy Corbyn's obviously hesitant about um, calling for a second ref- referendum and probably personally doesn't want one. I think he is troubled by the fact that Labour has many Leave constituencies. Some of the biggest areas that voted Leave are also um, Labour constituencies. So if he came out on the side of a second referendum, that puts in jeopardy Labour support in many of those areas mm. throughout throughout the UK. Um, and obviously, and then it gives Theresa May could easily have the line that Jeremy Corbyn is against Brexit. He's trying to overturn yeah. the previous referendum result, which would strengthen her hand against Labour Party. So both reluctant to do so at the moment and in fact actually Theresa May has been pretty resolute throughout the process that she's opposed mm. to a second referendum so I yeah. can't imagine a scenario in which she would call for one. Labour's current position is that they are going to do all they can to try and force a general election and that was the first effort to do so in the no confidence vote last week. As we said there's probably going to be a lot more and the process would be if the if the no confidence vote was successful then the Labour Party have two weeks to come back and form a new government. They would need a cross-party agreement and then probably some Tory or DUP MPs to join them in order to have that majority for a government. If that doesn't happen, then there is a general election called and there's campaigning time and there'll be a general election, I think, after 40 days. Another thing that I was thinking of during while you were saying that, Michael, is um, probably the last option that we haven't explored yet, and that is around what the EU will do. So, so far, the EU has been pretty cool. Um, they haven't blinked, they've stuck to their demands, their red lines, mm-hmm. and haven't wavered. But given all of the turmoil in the UK and the risk of a no-deal Brexit actually being on the table, it's possible the EU could blink and it could change, it could perhaps cave in to some of the UK's demands mm-hmm. around the backstop and uh, change the legal assurances around that, that perhaps could be enough. Though it seems unlikely at the moment because the EU seems to be in a relatively strong bargaining position. Yeah, definitely. I think there's, there's sort of the contrasting positions, one being the, the French and President Macron being very kind of hardline and ardent that the EU has done all it can, but also Angela Merkel and the Germans who are a lot more pragmatic. Angela Merkel came out last week and said, oh, there is still time to negotiate, just tell us what you want. And German industry seems to be a lot more pragmatic and wanting to reach a deal with, with the UK as well. So we'll see whether they kind of err towards either the German or the French approach. But that'll mm. be, that'll, well, I it saw remains to see. They had in the, um, I think it was the Times today, a, uh, a letter 
from a series of German mm. uh, oh, yeah. actors and others yeah. saying how you know the, the cultural things about Britain they loved like tea and milk and <laughs> pints of ale was a reason for us to stay ah, right. and, yeah. be in, and be in the European family. Mm, very convincing. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we've been over most of the options that are available in Brexit. As you can imagine, there are quite a few. It's taken us a little bit of time to uh, get through them today. Um, we probably haven't offered that much clarity other than to talk about the different options that are on the table. But one thing I'd like to reiterate before we go, um, that is to make sure that you do do some contingency planning for um, a no-deal Brexit, just in case it were to happen. Ensure that you investigate what other legal mechanisms you could rely on in order to transfer data uh, from the EU to the UK. We have a Brexit guide on our website that explains all the different options and how you can use them. Um, so if you go onto the website and type in Brexit guide, uh, you will find it on our, on our, on our homepage. But thanks for listening. I think that's it from uh, me and Michael for today.